Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. I have to admit that the NFL season has finally come to an end. And by that, I mean, like, it's it's done, done. Like, never thinking about anything again. Never thinking about the NFL ever again. That this is a normal phase in a Vikings fandom life cycle. This is like your hell Super Bowl, huh? I don't like it. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I don't like it. I'm having a hard time deciding who to actually root for. Ugh, I hate the Eagles. It is. And that was that was the thing that everyone was coming back to was like, like I, like, what is it about other fan bases in the league that they would do things to like Vikings fans on the way out of the stadium? And I was like, okay, well, let's let's be clear, those are Eagles fans being Eagles yeah. fans. Like, I'm sorry to the whatever one or two Eagles fans that we have listening to this podcast, but no, they're not they're not good people. I mean, come on. But, you know, to be fair, you got to contrast that with Patriots fans. So, All right. Well, you wanted to talk about this subject, so take her away, Michael. I did. Actually, you know, um, I was working working nights last week, and uh, it, was, it was selected that we would watch the Harry Potter movies. So I watched all nine Harry Potter movies in the last week, and there's a, a part where... <laughs> Think what? about it. Think about it. There's eight movies okay. plus Fantastic Beasts. No, no, not that, not that. Not. I got the oh, okay. movies, but why were you watching them? I d- don't understand. There's a lot of downtime. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> things things happen in bursts. So, so we had a lot of downtime, and I, you know, found myself thinking as I normally do about how analytics can be applied to every situation, and then I settled on. Wondering what the advanced metrics look like in Quidditch. Plus minus must be huge on the, the chasers. I got really excited thinking about what stat cast data would look like. I think it's really interesting because you would immediately find out whether something was cursed or somebody had tinkered with them, right? It would be really easy. It would be like that paper that we're reading about um, steroids users. Oh, we're not, I'm not yes. trying to say <laughs> that like... These are steroid users. But, like, if I was to develop a metric that would show who was using steroids, this is the metric that I'd so develop. You're saying I'm, not, I'm not saying that the bludger's cursed to track one person. Not but... saying the bludger's cursed. But if it were to be cursed, this is going to be the algorithm that I would use. Well, it's, I mean, you could have all these, you could have all the, the broom analytics, and man, there's so much that you could do with this. Yeah, to figure out if, like, downright speed is more important or if, yeah. like, and considering that you appear important. to be allowed to take, you know, just you can just go any distance from the from the pitch. Yeah, you can, right? That was always my Seems question. To be. Like, who says you can't just like go down to Quiznos for a sandwich <laughs> and come back? I mean, I yeah. Well, wasn't it? Yeah, the, in the run up to the World Cup in Book Four, don't they talk about games that lasted like weeks? 
Days. Yeah. yeah, days and weeks. Yeah, exactly. There we go. So anyway. Where the snitch really doesn't matter in those. Yeah, exactly. So if anybody has any thoughts about what advanced metrics would look like, um, I think we're all ears. And if anybody happens to have some StatCast data for Quidditch, we'd love to see it. All right, this week on the pod, Eric is going to introduce the topic that runs through our future series, season two, which will start in a month. And then after the break, I'm going to talk about the transaction log and just do a little check-in on the stuff that's happened in the past week. Take it away, Eric. After some discussion and coaxing, Mike finally convinced me that we should design season two around the idea, getting into fantasy. Do you feel like this is a major victory for you, Mike? I do. And you know what? It was the type of thing where I just, I had to plant the seed early enough and let it germinate. And it eventually got there. Eventually did. Do you think that it grew in the way that you thought it would? Did you think that this was the form that it would take? I think, I think this is sort of nebulously what I had imagined, actually. Yeah. Pretty happy about this. All right. So getting into a little bit more, we are going to use this framing device as a prompt for guiding the first section of each podcast over the course of the season. I think we'll discuss more in our season two intro podcast, but suffice it to say that we've already sketched out several <laughs> topics. Today's topic is one that I couldn't fit into season two's schedule, so I thought it would serve as a good warm-up for the series and could touch on some of the introductions materials I'd originally uh, wanted the series talking mm-hmm. about. So I guess, what's the topic? Uh, the topic today is getting into fantasy types of fantasy. So let's start with, you know, we just went through fantasy genres, the different types of, of kind of formats. So I think the biggest thing in fantasy that sets apart the different types of games is the scoring format. Oh, right? yeah. So the three major types are rotisserie, points and head-to-head and that's kind of head-to-head is kind of split into points and categories um so what is rotisserie rotisserie is just that you accumulate over the course of the season stats in each one of the different categories and then at the end of the season you win or you lose each one of those you get points based on each one of those categories That's right. and then you kind of win based on your results at the end of the, the year so you want to give a little bit of an explanation on points well, points is just points is straightforward points is just, just score how points. many yeah you just get points assigned and so everything is a little bit different based on how much points how the points are assigned but you're just yeah. trying to tally it up at the end of the year. So there's a little bit better, there's a little bit more game theory stuff in here. Or, you know, we're talking about a pure points because you could you could have head-to-head points as well. But in the pure right. points that you're talking about, it's just course of the year, who accumulates the most points. Yeah, exactly. And and as you're saying on the, on the game theory thing, it's like really how do you maximize just the total number of points rather than across categories and... A lot of these full season leagues in this kind of way, there's a little bit more gamesmanship, I feel like, in terms of trading like player, making sure that you're trading a player to a team that can also like in a way help your own team. Absolutely. Yeah, there's in the head to head there's a lot more about making 
you know, your own team the strongest possible. <laughs> and then, yeah, whereas yeah. there's a whole more global thought on the rotisserie. The yeah, which is really interesting. So head to head is what we focus That's on. Right. And the two major categories are points and category. And really points <laughs> is something that you see in fantasy football. And it's not as common in fantasy baseball. That's right. A weekly points, head-to-head scoring. It's kind of weird, <laughs> frankly. I mean, if, if you're going to do something that's sort of arbitrary and random, you may as well do the categories. But something like that doesn't work for a fantasy football league as well as much because you don't have the same diversity of scoring categories. Yeah, and it's there's not as good a way to kind of disaggregate the scoring yeah. and the way that people. I mean, baseball is so easy for that. Um, yeah, so head to head category league. That's the league that we are in. That's the language that we talk mm-hmm. about. So we often say, you know, figure out what our baseline is, and if you have a if you're in a sixteen team head to head category league, then you know, figure out what the translation is from ours, which we talk 12 team, deeper teams, but uh, 12 team category league. So in these, what it means is that every single week, two teams go head to head. They try to amass the most um, stats in each category, most or least in, um, <laughs> right. in specific categories. Um, and then at the end of the week, they have a win loss and there's, there, I guess there are two ways to kind of score that as well. Either the team that won the most categories gets one win, or they disaggregate it and you get one win for each category. Mm-hmm. And we're in the latter. Man, I've never actually sat down and thought about how many different overarching iterations there could be. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even gotten to like the, the real tinkering that you can do. I know, I know. That's, yeah. And what we're going to have to Jeez. explain all Jeez, of Jeez, I know. Wow. Okay. Let's move on to the next thing here. Which So next yeah. is the player universe. We are in a mixed league. That is to say that the player universe is any player that's out there. I'll just say that I think it's crazy to do AL or NL only. <laughs> and then those are the other two predominant types Who of was? leagues. I'm sure that there's some sort of MILB league. Ooh, but, I'd do that. But yeah. AL only means that the player universe is only players in the AL. And same for, for NL. A couple of different draft types. Typically, you have a snake draft, which is every player, every person in the league gets to pick a player, and then it goes snakes from 1 to 12, and then from back from 12 to 1. <clears throat> Other styles, auction, in which every player is put up to auction, and then is bid on and then the person with a winning bid takes it we are in a snake draft league we we do a rolling draft which means that everybody has essentially 24 hours to make their pick um we do it over email just so not everyone has to be in the same place at the same time for for a month (laughs) works pretty well except for having it over a month means that you're more exposed to injuries over that course of time Mm -hmm. all right so next talk about ad drops there are waiver, there are waiver wires in which players are put on the waiver wire, and then you um, 
have a waiver position and it processes either every day or once a week or a couple times a week. Um, and based on the waiver claim, your waiver claim, you get the guy or lose the guy. There's fab in which you, it's like an auction every time that the, um, that the ad drop is processed. So everyone puts in their fab bid for a player, free agents. What is it? Free auction agent auction bid. bid. Um, everyone puts in the amount that they want for a player, however many players, and then the auction is done automatically. And then there's a free-for-all system where you just get to add players and drop players at will, which I don't think is um, which is not as common anymore. I'm feeling like we should go for just all free-for-all all the time. <laughs> Though CBS says that 24% of leagues are free-for-all. Wow, that seems really hard to believe. <laughs> oh, and then on the on the um, player universes, seventy eight percent are mixed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the predominant, yeah. Um, predominant way. Okay, trades. I think this is something that our league got right, and it's close. It's close to wrong. Anyways, <laughs> there are a couple different ways that you can do trades. Anyone can trade any player for any player um but oftentimes you'll have a league vote whether a trade can be processed approved so everybody in the league gets to vote on whether a trade is okay or not um i would not suggest that it seems kind of weird um then there's a commissioner approves like he is the (laughs) i don't know enlightenment the grand um, arbiter <laughs> yeah uh and he gets to decide whether a trade is legal or not um and then there's a free-for-all system in which any trade that's that goes through gets processed um ours is basically on that system except that we have some rules about automatically having a an um a re-up mm-hmm. period after trades after most types of trades um, which, which is pretty good. I mean, especially when I'm in fantasy football, I'm like, oh, geez, I know, yeah, I know. Like, why, why had you not dangled a uh, Camara in front yes. of me? Yeah, I would have, I would have paid him for him. All right, so positions. Here's now. Let's talk about the meaty stuff. So, uh, in our league, uh, positions: catcher, first base, second base, third base, shortstop, outfielder, utility, starting pitcher. Relief pitcher. Those are ours. With with numbers in there, right? So it's important to we have three we have four outfielders, which was a change that was four made. Out- two utility positions. That was five starters, three relievers, and then you're allowed to to allocate your bench as you see fit, which is I think pretty interesting. And the only one of those positions, so it's I mean, basically those are all ninety nine percent except for outfielder, which is used ninety seven percent of leagues. Um, utility. We have the utility position that's used in sixty-three percent of leagues. Um, the other types of positions that you're, you see in a lot of different leagues. So what I call the disaggregated mm-hmm. outfielders: left fielder, center fielder, right fielder, and then the <laughs> aggregated infielders: the corner infield position, middle, which would be first and third, and then middle infielder, shortstop and second. All right. Last, let's talk about scoring categories. We use ERA, WHIP, ERA, earned run average, WHIP, 
walks, hits, over in walks plus hits over innings pitch, K's, strikeouts, saves, wins, batting average, runs, home runs, <laughs> RBIs, aka runs batted in, and stolen bases. Those are basically the well. You know, ERA and WHIP. We talked about this last year, I think. ERA and WHIP are not used nearly as much. They as those other categories. Fifty-three percent of league use WHIP. Yeah, it's interesting that you know our league is really forward-looking in many rules and in the scoring categories. Like, nope, no debate. Always going to use these. Yeah, I think that we could totally time a decent difference. I mean, we could do innings. Mm-hmm. We. Could do blown saves. I can't believe you didn't put holds on here. Uh, what? I mean, we don't need any more. I don't like stats. holds at all. But what about? Okay, the one that I actually expected. So you also put. You also Three thought six. about losses and just straight earned runs and intentional batted balls. Or no, 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 just walks. You walks. just mean walks. Yeah, no, walks. Um, issued. Pitcher, issued. Yeah. Pitchers issued. Um. But the one that I think that is interesting that you don't have on here is what if you replace average with hits? I, I agree. Pure number yeah, of I hits. Know. I, that's one that, and I am surprised at, because that was the first league that I was ever uh-huh. in. It was hits. It was not. I know. It, only 8% of leagues use Which use Which hits. seems weird because as we <laughs> talked about at length last year, batting average is just so hard to compute so hard to forecast it's just a wild card category yeah no it's it's so hard given the fluctuation i mean on base percentage has the same problems although i think it's marginally better because you can predict walk rates slightly better than you can predict hit rates yeah yeah because even the best hitter is gonna have horrible weeks and vice versa that's right but joey Votto, you know he's walking every week so listeners these are all the variations that you have in the fantasy game. And we suggest choosing the league that maximizes the pieces that you're interested in. And knowing when you're looking at analysis, what type of league they're analyzing. Very important. Because it yep. can be very different. Well, I think that, that about wraps up our first getting into fantasy how do you think it went Mike? i'm pretty thrilled with that i think this is sort of what i was envisioning nice. all right here's a little bit from our trade analysis in our league that eric made to cut i guess most leagues are commissioner approved 45 percent of leagues are commissioner that's approved. a lot of power 17 percent have votes 17 percent have votes 17% have votes. I don't think in our obstructionist climate that you could do that. <laughs> no, uh, we're not a political podcast. <laughs> I'm talking about the obstructionist climate in our fantasy league. Okay. I am still out here just thirsty for baseball updates of any sort. You know, a couple weeks ago, yeah. a couple weeks ago, I analyzed the the winter leagues and like didn't find anything there. So I turned my attention to the transaction logs and I am ready to scrape the bottom of the barrel and see what's going on. 
and we've we've got some. and let me tell you this was this week was drags. an adventure in regular expressions so here we go here's our computational part of the pod where i talk about uh how i had to write some filters in python that would act that would go through the mlb transaction log and tell me what type they were because why would you subdivide them in any way why would you not just mm -hmm. <laughs> the mlb just reports them as full sentences of what happened <laughs> so thankfully they report full sentences in the same format over and over and over so i can run regular expression analysis on them but man parsing out names and of course we run into the same things where boston red Sox is three words but and st louis cardinals is three words but not in the same configuration and then you have no, chicago cubs which is two words and you're like oh well now how do i subdivide this in a sentence so anyway got all those things ironed out and what did i notice well first i noticed that it's not this isn't even on espn if you go to espn's mlb transaction page nothing for the past month really nothing they haven't listed anything which seems totally crazy and suggests to me that they uh, that ESPN is not invested in baseball right now, which is probably right. <laughs> also, for being Let's honest, see. and uh, first couple of things. Oh, the uh... obviously there's things that have happened. Andrew McCutcheon was traded in the mm -hmm. past week. Obviously, right after right what? after we what? recorded, <laughs> and <laughs> seemingly, I will say to me, seemingly out of nowhere. Were you expecting this? Oh, he'd been in. He'd been in a bunch of trade rumors yeah. for the last. I mean, for the last. Sure, year. sure. And the Giants had been wanting a center field, new center fielder for this entire offseason. So, I mean, it's when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah. Hindsight, yeah. Hindsight, I agree, makes a lot of sense. Okay, the Giants are actually trying to re. The Giants are actually trying to retool their team. The Pirates are tired of toiling and just missing just missing the playoffs every year just missing the playoffs yeah. uh and um i mean i don't see how they're going to rebuild but i think it, we also should have seen it after cole was moved they mm. were clearly willing to move yeah, good players and so okay anyway interested to see what happens there um that value goes up which is a bummer for you know our league <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so it's a bummer for any league where he's a keeper because he was always going to be a keeper. But the fact that he in increased his value as a keeper is uh, always frustrating. Without doing anything. Always frustrating. All right, next. And Starling Marte loses value. Starling Marte loses a ton of value. Sorry, bud. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, other, the only other thing that I wanted that I wanted to mention in terms of trades, um, are you interested in this Randall Gritchick trade? Randall, yeah, he was on my team last I know. year. Disappointed like crazy. Yes, he definitely did. But <laughs> I remember, remember when I mentioned that Randall Gritchick <laughs> was getting sent down to make way for Tommy Pham, and it you don't just don't man. I said Come it on. slightly jokingly, and you're like, oh yeah, of course. I was like, no, well, you know, maybe they are. And then boom, there it was. It's like, how is Tommy Pham gonna get time? Well, Randall Gritchick is getting sent down. Yep, yep, and they were ready to and move that was on. a bummer. But um, I think that's so, what happens so this when trade, you trade for Marcelo Zuna. Yeah, yeah, this trade is actually good. I think 
so other than that, you know, all's fairly quiet on the trade front. If we're being if we're being completists, um, the Pirates traded Shane Carl to the Atlanta Braves. How do you feel about that? Oh, great. <laughs> don't. I don't. And uh, Jose Rondon was traded by the San Diego Padres to the Chicago White Sox. Good to know. They need another. Let me keep. Let me just keep Chicago. you updated. Yep. And uh, that's that's it. That is it on the trades. All right. So let me tell you. Let me tell you what actually dominates the transaction log at this point of the year. Okay. It is invites to spring training. Yes. Just pages and pages where every team just dumps all their non-roster guys that they are present that they are inviting to spring training and a bunch of these guys either they're not even they're not on the roster at all or they were signed to a minor mm-hmm. league contract and are being invited to spring training now why did i think about this i thought about this because the new york mets announced that they were inviting non-roster outfielder tim tebow to spring training nice there we because go the Mets spring training is not going to be sad enough as it is. <laughs> All right, you're about ready to wrap this up. I am, and uh, you know, I bet we disappointed a lot of people by not doing book club at the beginning. I am sure because we just forced we so just forced we'll a bunch s- of people to listen to you know thirty odd minutes of actual baseball talk. <laughs> Fantasy baseball, <laughs> <talk>. <laughs> um, some really hardcore fantasy. Basically. That's right. What do you think of uh, Coram Ben Texel? We're we're back. Egyptians are back. They were, played such a prominent role in her dark materials, his dark materials, whoever's dark materials. Everyone's dark materials. Um, I'm sorry. Pronouns. That's not our not our thing to get right. Um, yeah, I mean they've been talked about a lot in the books in the book so far, but. I haven't really had a presence. That's right. I feel like I feel like we're I'm so close to getting in trouble in just calling them gypsies. I think there's there's something that really uh, I don't know. He should have should have called out for a better name <laughs> than the Gyptians. Gyptians. You, you think it's Gyptians? It's not Egyptians. I, I no, I don't think so. I don't think it's no. They're not like e- it's not like they drop. I mean, e. he does have a thing of of doing things like that, but Bill Paul, yeah, <laughs> just, you know, just I know he he worries me a little bit. Slightly so. acceptable, <laughs> but they're cool. I mean, I like the idea. I mean, I like the idea of people who actually like live on the river and float down and up and down the river. But I mean, the Thames. I wouldn't want to be living on the Thames in a boat. Uh, yeah, that's no, no, no. That's such a it's such a I mean such a romantic idea on paper that like when you're walking over the Thames, I definitely walked over the Thames and thought to myself, nope, maybe maybe not do maybe not like pre twelve hundred. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be even worse. Uh, all right. I mean, they were just literally pissing and shitting into the river. Just oh. like flooding it straight down into the river. I know. All right. Well, that, that, took, right. a, that took a turn. Um, 
Yeah. What do you think? What okay. do you, what I know do you that's think? exactly where you wanted to go. <laughs> what do you think about Oakley Street? You wrote, you know, they're taking form. And I, I totally agree with that. We're starting to see, actually starting to see where this is going. I feel like we're more than halfway through the book and I finally have a sense of what might happen. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, yeah, we're really getting an idea around the edges. Uh, perfect. Perfect fantasy device. Perfect kind of james bondy kind of device yes we're a secret society that uh you know we are 100 percent legal but somehow we're painted as not part of the government <laughs> yes that's right and <laughs> there there's uh i don't know it's like james bond getting in trouble with the local police I think the one of the things that I find really interesting is just how um, secretive and not known they are. Apart from you know, the, as as the reader, you get to know much more about them. Do we think that's a British thing, or is that totally a fantasy trope? Like I wouldn't put it past the Brits to have like several different, like you know, secret groups that are making that have like million billion pounds no you make a you make a really good point it'd be much easier to hide that in there in that structure and you've got such an older country that's right (laughs) we just had a notice that we'd been paying them like half of a percent of our budget every single year for the last 500 years we never thought about that line (laughs) (laughs) all right we're more than halfway through the book next week is uh, chapter 16 to 20 ending with the Sisters of Holy Obedience. Are you excited? Yes, I am. I mean, we left on a cliffhanger. We did. I know. I was thinking that. Like, it took a lot of willpower to not read on. Okay. Well, at least one of us has willpower. (laughs) Uh, I I am scandalized. You should be. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So are you done with the book? Is that what you're telling me? No, no, no. I just read into the chapter 16. All right, fine. One chapter. Down. All right. Just one Boom. chapter ahead. All right. Let's move on to a review session. And I have a proposal here coming off of some an observing session where I must have gummy snacks. And one that I got back to that I hadn't had in a while. Fruit roll-ups. Like, are, are we talking branded TM fruit roll-ups or, wow, I am surprised. I mean, hipsters do gravitate towards old things and they do gravitate towards new no, things. This was solely, this was solely like, I need a bunch of sugar in a roll-up form or, you know, in a, in a, a semi socially acceptable form that isn't just me spooning sugar into my mouth. How many how many of your teeth did you lose in fruit roll ups <laughs> when you were when you were around? You know, actually ten to actually 13? none because when I was a child my fruit roll up eating technique was actually, you know, to follow the punchlines and eat the individual pieces separately. I'm sorry, that happens like the first no, dozen no. times that you I was it. I was I did that every time. I never got to the just like ball it all up and shove it in your mouth phase. I was roll it, roll oh. it up kinda and then just like it was like sort of a cigar kind of chew. 
I lo- I mean, seriously, I think I lost two more while you're saying Wow, this. wow. All right, I'm, gl- I'm glad I asked about this. I was not I was not expecting this. But so, so Ooh, child... I, like, even just, like, <laughs> talking about it, I'm, like, reminded of the taste of, like, fruit roll-up, sweet, tiny bit of uh-huh. sour, and then salty, salty You'd be like, ooh, okay, all right, yeah, I, you know, actually, now that you mentioned that, I can, I can taste losing teeth. Ugh, all right, well, okay. Isn't Ugh, it? Oh, what a, what oh, a time. Oh. Well, sorry, sorry, listeners, but. That's not a, that's not the review Ugh. session. Ugh. So, so it sounds like childhood you was into fruit roll-ups. When was the last time you had a fruit roll-up? I don't know. I think if I was to say any time prior to, I think if I was to say any time prior to sophomore year of college, I'd be forgetting some point in time that I had a fruit roll-up. All right. Well, uh, we'll have to get you get you connected with some fruit roll-ups. So I think you are pro oh, fruit yeah. roll-up, fake fruit oh, roll-up, yeah. multicolored. Oh, yeah. Most of these are wrong because they taste like losing your teeth. So there you go. Agree <laughs> to disagree. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too.